This week, we had the pleasure of speaking with Gerald Francis, a Mi'kmaq hip-hop artist, about his recently released album, From the Ground Up. I'm Rachel Dial, a journalism student at the University of King's College and researcher for the podcast Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 210, made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Matters. In December 2021, Gerald Francis, a Mi'kmaq hip-hop artist living in Eskasoni, Nova Scotia, released his album From the Ground Up. Gerald grew up in Eskasoni and still currently lives there. His music is a form of therapy and conveys trauma that Gerald has dealt with in the past. The artist shares what it's like to be in the Mi'kmaq hip-hop scene and upcoming goals for the future. You will hear a message notifier go off for a few moments in this episode, but don't pay any mind to it. I didn't want to interrupt Gerald's train of thought because he was speaking from the heart. What inspired you to become a hip hop artist? Uh, it was from hanging out with like older cousins and stuff like that. Older people were just playing it loud. And I think the first time I really got into it, it was like, where was I in like grade? I think I was in like grade two or something like that. I was a little kid and I, I I just, I don't know, as soon as I heard hip hop, I was really just like falling in love. Every song I heard was just like, oh man, I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> it was just flooding my brain every day. Is there a Mi'kmaq hip hop scene that you know of? Yeah, man, I mean, like, I feel like we're we're doing it here. Like, I feel like um, me and some of the artists around here are, are like, we're moving around enough to like consider the scene. I mean, like we, we've been making our own wave and stuff, but I'm, I'm sure the wave is going to just continue. I guess what drew you into hip hop specifically, because there's different types of genres of music. And, you know, when we think of hip hop, we think of um, African-American or Latino American um, people creating this music. As a Mi'kmaq artist yourself, what drew you into hip hop specifically? That's one of the things too, man, hearing like um, bilingual people speak and and hearing Black people use um, Spanish or something like that. It was kind of like, wow. Well, that's the culture, though, right? You're like, well, you got to use your head. That's coming from America, right? And you start to kind of go through the history and think of it in your head. Like, that makes a lot of sense. And I felt like I wanted to share my culture, like the Mi'kmaq culture. I wanted to share it the same way. I even feel like we're kind of slacking. Mi'kmaq should be learning some Spanish or something, you know? With that said, what does creating hip-hop music mean to you? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like, it means a lot now, man. Like, at, at first, it was therapy. And then I started to see... Um, make a I, I started to see it affect people positively that weren't just me you know what I mean like I was trying to change my own life so I was always just calling myself out and talking about whatever's in front of me and my problems but then I started to see that like not everybody addresses things and I'm kind of like just kicking through stuff that people are having a hard time facing and I just feel like sometimes I just like I, I just have to get stuff off my chest and I feel like it's not just for me it's for people who can't or, or won't. What do you mean it was a way of therapy for you? Do you mind elaborating? I mean, just, uh, I was just like experiencing a lot of uh, traumatic stuff. You know, I, I even feel like it's kind of like a, a loop when you start to talk about trauma. I feel like everybody has kind of like the same story. So I don't really want to get into it, but it, I just feel like, I felt like every, every single artist was sharing something that was kind of 
their their eyes only kind of thing. And I felt like I wanted to share the same experience because I felt like when I was in this weird place, I felt like people were just like using trigger words and trying to manipulate me through this space of my understanding. So I tried to create a safe space of understanding with my music. And I just try to put that out there for, for everybody, for the, especially the kids. Are you currently living in Eskasoni or yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, I'm in Eskasoni right now. How, you know, have people in Eskasoni reacted to your music? All different ways ever since I first started. People were talking to my mom, like, man, you got to talk to your son. You didn't hear what he's saying on the songs? <laughs> Stuff like that. And at like an early, since the beginning. And I was just telling my mom since the beginning, I was like, mom, I got to get this out. It's just, it's in there. And it's just rattling and rattling. And I got to get it out. Got to turn it into music or at least turn it into fancy phrases instead of just blunt trauma <laughs> coming out. <laughs> As an Indigenous artist, in the music industry, what are some challenges you have faced? I mean, uh, the challenges that I've been facing is, I'm not sure if everybody's experiencing the same thing, but like, I, f- I feel like, um, man, I don't think I even got any challenges anymore, man. I felt like I just soaked in all the game, learned what I learned and applied it. There's some stuff that I didn't really have. I had to unlearn some stuff because it's just, just, just the way it is. <laughs> Sorry, unlearn some stuff? What do you mean by that? I mean, just, uh, I guess the way I react, I had to learn, I had to, uh, cause sometimes I have like a, a, a laughing response, I guess, to stuff that, uh, that isn't really funny, man. You know what I mean? I had to kind of like get myself through this process of growth, I guess. I had to become a different version of myself that isn't going to be, uh, laughing at, scoffing at things at the first initial reaction. You know what I mean? I don't want that to be my response to everything. It's one of those things you have to kind of call out. And when I'm when I'm doing my music, it's a form of therapy, right? So I just add whatever I'm doing that's currently bothering me, that's probably what's going to stick out. It'll just fall right out of my head. <laughs> Speaking of your music, um, you know, you recently released From the Ground Up. How did you feel making that album? I felt refreshed making it because... Uh, with residuals, I was in this, it felt like I just, the, I felt like putting out the album was like putting on war, war paint. And I just felt like, well, this is it. We're going to die. And I was, not even being negative, that's, that's how I felt for real. And then with from the ground up, I felt like it was a second chance. I'm like, I'm coming around. I have to snap out of it. It's not like I'm jobless. I'm in this music business. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing things. And I just had to start talking about, uh, I was like, man, there's a lot of issues to just discuss. I just started going ham, man. The first song I wrote was Someone. And it was just about, uh, it's it's mostly about like protesting and stuff. But I got my homie Helen back on there and he came out with a, I had a dream speech and, you know, he killed the track. Dope. It's sampled from uh, Sweet Cambodia. I heard, I, I heard their track around that time. I was feeling refreshed. You know what I mean? It, it was a song called I Don't Know. And, and uh, I just I just thought it was a real good song. Man. It was just talking about being in water and being calm. And I was like, man, I feel like that's what these guys are doing with their instruments. And I, I just like, man, I, I know somebody who could flip real dope beats. And so I just messaged up my bro right away. I was like, hey, Giuliano, man, can you flip this? <laughs> Almost in an instant. And he sent me it. And I was just like, man, this is going to be crazy. That's amazing. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. You know, aside from the songs you just mentioned, what were other songs on the album you were most excited to work on? I was, I really, really was excited to work on um, 
like uh Meske. I was excited to work on that. It's because it was just like the song was writing itself and the emotions were all fresh. Everything was just it was a uh, it was a surprise because some of the some of the content is is like years of preparation of like, man, I'm going to get this. This is from my last stuff. And, and then I'm still building on. And then something new happened where where it just kind of like stole my third eye and started writing other stuff, stuff that needed to be said. It was like, hold on, you can say this, but this got to be said now, man. Like it was something like that. And I, I just I just ended up going with that one as a single, too, because I don't know, I just felt like that had to be put in the forefront. I was like, man, people need to know this side of me before they hear all the crazy side of me. <laughs> Speaking of you know, uh, Masque, currently the music video uh, for that song was released in December and shot in Eskasoni, I believe. Walk us through, you know, how it felt to create that video and work with another feature artist. Man, it was, it was magic, man. Like it, it came together really well, man, because I, I heard Mason sing before. I heard her voice. So I, I just kept note. I was like, man, this girl's really talented. I'm just not going to let go of that thought. And so I thought to myself, like, Okay, just gonna hang on to this this voice right here in my head, and uh, that, that's when um I I I made the chorus when, like uh, on that time like I knew it was gonna be meske I knew it was gonna be something to teach like I'm sorry I was like this is gonna be the most easiest teaching teachable moment ever I was thinking, and then experiences started to happen and, and then the song the song started writing itself you know what I mean it it's, it it even lost it, it went away from the original meaning. I, I, I thought of other things that I could like be apologizing for, but like because things were happening so fast, it was just like a different song just came. It just manifested in the middle of the process, really. For listeners who may not have heard the song, what is it about? It's about beating generational trauma. It's because sorry is like one of the things some people are never going to hear. And that's generational because... Like it's something that people will chase for the rest of their lives and may never hear, you know what I mean? And some people want to hear it from somebody like their their parent or their mom and may never hear it from them, you know what I mean? And I, I help raise people, man, before it, it's this weird thing to like, I say, I apologize a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I do it a lot, man. And it's, it's just one of those weird things. And it, I just wanted to turn some of the heavy problems I had into one of those normal uh, moments where I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wanted wanted it to be so simple, but I don't know. It's it's really a powerful track. It's it's not it's not a simple song, man. I'll tell you that. Why did you want the music video to be shot in Eskasoni? Well, it was uh, you know, the song is basically like it, it, the whole album is based on memories from here. So that's that's basically uh. I, I never thought of shooting anywhere else. That's a, a good question, though. <laughs> you know, it just makes sense to just do it where you're from and because that's where your lyrics come from. And how long did it take to make the album? Kind of a while. Kind of, kind of took a while, like uh, well, like eight months, maybe. Because uh, I started it initially and then next thing you know, I was kind of like, uh, I was waiting around for stuff. And then I decided like, uh, no, I don't think I'm going to wait around for anything. I'm just going to complete this, send it out and start start whatever next and just keep keep making stuff for listeners who haven't visited tell us a bit about Eskasoni. it's it's a phenomenon here <laughs> i mean uh it's 
really understand until you know we talked about you know trauma you know kind of being an inspiration for some of your lyrics but what else inspires your lyrics i like i like physics <laughs> stunned but I, i like physics science anything science scientists like facts and stuff like that the more you know the the, the funnier it gets to use your words you know what i mean um anything else you know aside from physics and and trauma yeah i want to i want to live a good life <laughs> and i feel like uh, music is the opportunity for uh, it's been an opportunity for people for like the past i don't know how many years but i want to i want to take that opportunity too i always felt like i had it in me since i was a kid so i like that's that's kind of what brought me up to the point of screaming out words that rhyme and stuff like that man i couldn't even i couldn't even tell people what just happened sometimes you know what i mean and the next thing you know i could stand in front of crowds and just yell <laughs> what fan feedback have you gotten recently with regards to the album from the ground up I feel like it's getting a good response people are telling me man they love the album instead of telling me stuff like hey I heard the single or hey I heard one of the songs well, people are telling me they heard songs and stuff but it's great to hear people are hearing the other songs man no I completely get so that the most popular song is definitely Meske but like I'm getting compliments on the other songs too and that's 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 always what I want in the album Um yeah. your track perspective what inspired the lyrics behind that song It was uh this book um one of these books one, one of these law books anyways I forget what it was called Hmm I think it was called The Indian Act or something like that I'm not sure what it was called something about the Indian Act and yeah. I was kind of just like talking about how uh you know uh there's been this I'm not sure what the hell it is it's a law anyways it says that that uh natives only just started being Canadian citizens in like 1956 or something like that. And I was like what the hell? We just started being Canadian citizens. <laughs> you mean the Canadians just started living here around the <laughs> or something? I don't know, I was confused about that. And there's like a lot of this weird like as soon as you get to that point in history you just start seeing gaslit moments. So like this perspective idea that just manifested itself. I just had to read a few words of that book. That's how perspective happened too, yeah. Like, it was basically about kind of like a, making fun of like an upper class. Like, man, it's kind of funny when he's like, at least some, you can embody an upper class. You can fake it. It's, it's just silly, man. I was just making fun of it. Get in tune with all the music, you get stuck. And Gucci'd up in a rockin' head rush. I ain't left off as much and I still write my problems down when I'm getting fed up. Going back to uh Meske, why was it important to produce the song in English and then in the Mi'kmaq language? Yeah, that's because I wanted everybody to understand it because uh I wanted people to learn our language and that that was the way for the course like through the course and the repetition of that I'm sure that people will learn some of the words and uh, the ways to apologize but like uh, I'm I wanted to put down my reasons to like just to give an example of I'll call myself out so that, like if anybody hears the songs they'll be able to call me out too <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's I don't know what the word is man like uh is it transparent is that the word where you that's the word right that's the word. that's what I was doing I was just being real you know 100 I love that speaking of future self um what's next in your music career I just want to keep making music I I want to keep working with really good artists especially um artists that I know and meet up with at like 
places of business. You know what I mean? Keep meeting up. We, every time I cross paths with an artist, I keep telling myself, man, it's meant to be, you know, we're like stars, man. We're aligning. <laughs> How do you strike a good balance between sticking to your indigenous roots while creating popular hip hop music that people can relate to? Yeah, it's, um, you gotta, you gotta use experience. Every culture has, um, like myth lore and stuff like that. And some of this myth lore, it's, it, it lasted so long because it has something tangible about it usually a really good lesson. And some of those stories are, are only, some of them are only enigma. And then some you can, are, have never been summarized, some of the lessons. So like in my head, I'm like, man, I could summarize this lesson into a few, use few shortcut words and rhymes and stuff like that. That's how I always feel about it. I just try to stay on, like in my heart about what I say. I try to mean it. Cause sometimes like I, I've been like a, like I used to write angrily all the time. Like I said, this was therapy always been therapy for me so some some stuff I had out there was like real angry stuff and negative stuff and like I didn't even know I was manifesting more trouble for myself I didn't know I was doing that I didn't know how powerful I was being and then it's I don't know I just I I'm starting to get it because uh the children who look up to our stuff you start to see the way they act and the way they, they try to mimic us it, it kind of makes me change the way I walk it's like a one of particles being viewed <laughs> you know what I mean like I feel like a particle that's being viewed so I have to move a little different have you moved past writing from as a form of therapy or are you still kind of in that space it's not in that space as much as it used to be like uh, I I feel like um I've addressed everything I ever had to it's just now I, I I could take these pieces and then turn them into um stories they're just like it's just a bunch of trauma <laughs> and then you I gotta find the pieces that are like that sound nice that that I could make sound nice or that I could kind of shave into a not sharp piece of glass what do you think your next album is gonna be about I have no idea man. uh I mean like the stuff that I'm I'm working on the the stuff that is coming out it's a, it's about all that stuff it's just more um it's uh it's said in a way that can kind of be more presentable I guess it's it's presentable less syllables, more, um, I kind of want people to be able to sing what I'm going to sing or say. Is there a Mi'kmaq artist that you look up to sometimes when creating music or someone who inspires you? There's bands and stuff like that. I think, I always think of relatives. They pop in my head all the time because like they're the first ones to start using uh, Mi'kmaq words in, in music. That's when I first started hearing it in speakers. I was listening to relatives. So it was like, uh, sometimes I get inspired by stuff they do. You know what I mean? Like the song about, uh, they're uh the car it's called uh good about or something like that it's about a car and then they it's it's real subtle but it talks about people being jealous and throwing rocks and you if you if you're a mi'kmaq you you know damn straight you're not there's no one that jealous when you drive around you're gonna throw rocks at your car but then when you think about it it's like oh he was probably driving around in a white neighborhood <laughs> and it's kind of funny man because like that's what it's about man it's it's just like it's a trippy song because it's a subtle thing, but it's a fact. It's someone's experience. You're talking about, you know, things that you've went through um, and and all that stuff. Was there a song that was just super difficult to write? Yeah, uh, Life's a Dream. It's just because it's like an actual experience. something that I narrowed down into these just tiny words that that's still the full story you know what I mean it's, 
And I don't really like to sing. It sounds weird. <laughs> but I, I, I was, I forced myself to do it because like it, at the same time, it's, it's what's in my head. I gotta follow that or I'm gonna fail myself. <laughs> For listeners who may not know, do you mind describing what Life's a Dream is about? It's about, um, I don't know if I could say this. Like, you don't mind me being so blunt about it. It's kind of traumatic. No, not at yeah. all. Please be yourself. It's about Life's a Dream is actually, like, I, it's so weird, man. It feels like I'm censoring myself. <laughs> it's about actually um, people, uh, or not people, a person being complicit to um, a, an abuse who's watching it and sees it happening and is just not, not saying anything about it, just allowing it. And it's just, that's the experience. It's just in a nutshell. And then it's just, it's just describing a, a person who just would stare into space because they, they can't talk to anybody. That song is so personal. What made you want to share it with so many people? Cause I was I was playing it and singing it to myself like almost every day, and I, I started telling myself like I think I'm gonna have to record this because I can't stop playing it and I can't stop thinking about the lyrics and it's like man I'm gonna have to do this, <laughs> and I was already getting embarrassed and shy because I chose an easy rhyme scheme and stuff like that. I was like oh man, people are gonna make fun of this. <laughs> I was like oh well this is the, that was the point my the point was to be vulnerable and. I, and simple and that's how easy it is to tell somebody something bad is happening and just kind of just what I tried to do real quick we talked about transparency a lot and this question to you is you know how important is it being transparent with your audiences and then where do you draw the line when creating lyrics um I kind of like I used to say I used to like describing how things made me feel so like I, I used to take it as energy whenever people would like uh, try to give me a hard time or something. I used to just bottle it up and use it as some kind of energy and diagnose like this is going on because of this. And, you know, I could be able to rap about it, the whole entire situation. And so I, I, by doing that, I kind of like ruined a lot of relationships, too, you know, because that, that's that's what it is. When you stick up for yourself, people who are bullying you are going to hate you. <laughs> that's usually what happens. You stick up for yourself. You make someone mad. And that was the equation I was like battling like almost my entire life. And then I just had to say, man, fuck everybody, man. I just, this is my music. And I just want to, I want to share, I want to share what's going on in my experience so that like no one steps in shit like me and looks stupid like me. (laughs) You know, I already, I already used myself as as an example. Now I want to be a positive example. So I'm trying to, trying to apply everything I've been learning. What is the most rewarding thing about being a hip hop artist? When you get to like uh, meet up with somebody you looked up to That's in the hip hop, if you meet up with like a, a producer, or if you meet up with like an artist, it just gives you this feeling where like, man, I'm on the right track. I can't believe it. I used to listen to this guy all the time. And then you shake their hand and you're like, oh my fucking God. That's, that was it right there, man. Like I, I, he, his music touched my soul and I just fucking touched his hand. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what advice would you give to any Indigenous persons looking to get into the music industry but are just unsure how to go about it? I mean, take take a lot of notes, like legit, 
Cause like there's, there's stuff that you think are common sense. You might just forget that that, that happens to me. So it's t- writing everything down is like uh, number one thing, accountability. Cause you gotta, it's not just the words you write down, not just lists and stuff like that. It's you gotta do your accounting. Like it's cash, you're old people and you gotta pay people and stuff like that. You gotta use your accountability. That's that's usually what gets you far too. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to make any of these albums if I didn't have any of that going on in my head. <laughs> Was it hard for you to get into the industry, like find producers or, or um, directors who were willing to work with you? No, it was just, it was the same people I met face to face. It was just like, there's just always, every time there was good vibes and stuff like that, I just kept thinking, um, we're going to make something soon, probably. <laughs> you know, I just kept having that confidence and like, uh, I kept feeling like I was going to connect with everybody I met ever since I started, like uh, ever since I started hitting the road and stuff like that. I just had this open mind about like, uh, I might just meet like most talented person ever. I might, I may not be it. You know what I mean? I just, I had to keep think of that too. I don't want to tell myself I'm the best human in the world. Ridiculous. I'm over here apologizing for shit. Not perfect. <laughs> what did your family think when you started to produce all this music? I was getting nothing but support really. Like, I was like, I was taking in other people's advice all the time, man. I, 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 I kind of understand now, but like, I feel like, um, Every, I, I just went through everything I had to go through, man. I feel like a, life is just trippy like that sometimes. God give it, God take it away. Is there anything we didn't touch upon that you wanted to speak about uh, today? I recorded this at Harbor Drive Studios <clears throat> from the ground up and residuals. And I actually had a, um, an extra engineer for from the ground up. He actually did two songs. His name is John Fries, and I just wanted to give him a shout out. He hooked me up with, a, he did uh, Set the Tone and Shake Him Off. That's amazing. Yeah. There are people I, I meet up with and I get along with and we're all in the same, like, we got the same kind of aim. I, I'm I'm just genuinely going for that that spot that I feel like is rightfully where I belong. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to talk about what I talk about, think how I think, and no one's going to try to control, control any of it. They can't control any of it. So I, I'm just one track minded to this space. I don't know what it's going to mean for me when I get there. <clears throat> I just know that, like, this, I already decided a long time ago what, what the... um the game was going to be like i'm excited for what the future holds for you you can listen to gerald's full album from the ground up on spotify and that's it for the program allison baker is the producer of big mom matters rachel dial is our researcher like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter for the latest Mi'kmaq news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emsa Nogama.